All right, if you've never tried Oreo Thins, give them a chance. They're very good. They're thin cookies with a thin layer of cream. The ratio between cream and cookie is amazing. Much better than regular where you have too much cookie for the amount of cream. Buy yours today. That's our sink agreeing with you, if you can hear that. <laughs> That's a rat. What up, sink? Applause <laughs> in the background. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking soccer, we're going to be talking life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. Very excited. This is the first pod of 2021, and same as last year. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Footy Fellas Pod, F O O T Y Fellas Pod. Also, if you're able to subscribe to the pod wherever you're listening and subscribe to our YouTube channel, which we really are hoping to grow. It would mean a lot to us. Start the new year off right, you know? Be a be a kind soul and be nice to us, your favorite footy fellas specifically. In our first pod this year, we've got some fun banter, obviously, and also some stats to sum up how world football is going up until this point in the season. So we're going to get into that as our main topic. We might just get a New Year's reflection or two from the fellas as well. Go on the spot. You didn't, neither of you knew we were going to talk talk about this, but give me a New Year's reflection. New Year's reflection. Yep. Uh, I've read that this is better than saying uh, New Year's resolution, mm. especially this year. Mm. So, like, you can give your take on that also. So, I, I, I appreciate the sentiment. I believe, if I'm inferring, it's not to put the expectation on oneself to do this thing, rather, it's to evaluate who and what you are and what you're doing and what you want to be doing. Suppose it's, it's a little less committal is what it, what it sounds like. And it seems like it's, it allows space to reflect on the past year and use some learning from this crazy 2020 as uh, built into the reflection almost. That was Mm. the the sense I got. I see. So it's a little bit more of like from our historical learnings and form, our forthcoming strategy is kind of what you're you're submitting potentially. Okay, it sounds like a marketing plan to me. Um, I would say, uh, you know, reflecting on 2020, it almost feels like an outlier to me when I'm thinking about my 2021. I don't know about you guys, but you know, a lot of the learnings I've taken from the past year have been, um, you know, I think there are some that you might be able to apply um, future forward, but but a lot of it's it's kind of like, well, that year happened a little bit in a vacuum, a little bit. Um, that's not to say some important things didn't happen in 2020 that don't mean a lot to us personally and as a society and, and what we should strive to do, uh, moving forward. But, you know, my long winded answer is, uh, I haven't really thought too much on it. I haven't. Um, I feel like, uh, personally, uh, there are a lot of, there's a lot of good that's kind of happening in the personal world. I feel like there's also a lot of, um, important discourse that's been happening in the public and, um. Um, this is my political answer of saying, you know, Hey, here's to just making us better in 2021 guys. Just, just trying a little harder. Just getting a little Cheers. Cheers to that. No, I, um, I have actually given some thought to 2021 resolutions, but to put it into the context of reflecting, 
in this year that has kept us at home for you know more time than I think a lot of us expected. We uh, a lot of my resolutions actually center around being a bit more creative, uh, which this podcast is is a great outlet for. And also, but also creativity as you know in terms of cooking as well. I think that I'm not alone in saying that cooking has kind of uh, people are are fascinated more so with cooking from being at home more often and and making their own meals. So that is something I definitely want to get better at and further explore and test my culinary skills. So mm. I'm looking forward to that. Any any dishes, tip of the tongue that you've been you've been eyeing or talking about or thinking about? You know, not not specifically, no, but you know, we got this shout out Claire Saffitz. Uh, we got this cookbook for Christmas. Um, and it's uh, her new one, Dessert Person. And we're really excited to, to start cooking. Not only are there really great desserts in the book, but some savory breads as well. And we've already, we've already busted out her focaccia a couple times. And it, it's just fun to make, to make bread and definitely want to perfect the craft of focaccia because that's, that's just, a, it's a good, it's a winner. You know, focaccia, you can't, it's hard to go wrong until I do mess it up, but it is, it's a, <laughs> it's a good, good, good thing to have under my belt. It's a total win. There, there are plenty of people obviously have been making bread. That's the classic, but it's because it's so solid. It's right. so good and, and seems doable, even though if you've never done it to someone like me, it seems crazy. Uh, but we actually did a little bit of bread, not making, but shaping. Did we not, Jones, very recently? We did. We, uh, we actually had an inspired guest who joined us, the young Meredith. And she uh, inspired a thought that we would make some um, miniature pizzas, uh, personal pizzas, if you will. And thank you to uh, TJ's, our ever supplier. We were able to whip up some delectable, um, we'll call it a dough circles, penultimate New Year's Eve um, day um, dough circles that we then threw in the hot box and uh, provided some warm nom noms nom noms yeah <laughs> yeah so we made some personal pizzas with tj's dough and put it in the oven they came out pretty good yep they came out really good awesome. actually so good that what are we doing tonight for dinner uh we got some more dough from tj's <laughs> yeah, we do. if you're listening when we drop this late sunday night you can know we already ate them if you're listening monday we're asleep with a full belly and a, a happy smile on our face as we sleep knowing we just had some more delicious pizzas have you ever even seen or known about these dough circles at trader joe's i see no i have to say uh, i have not not that trader joe's needs any more advertising because everyone knows it's amazing but you should try it out and ever anyone listening should try it out it's super easy the dough is probably where they keep the specialty pasta in your respective trader joe's if you if you happen to live near one Super easy. You just get the dough, a little bit of pizza sauce, some cheese, any toppings, put it together like you'd picture a normal pizza, stick it in the oven for 20 minutes, and it's delicious. And the, the dough ball that, that your individual pizza costs like one like a dollar one something. Fifty maybe. Yeah. Uh depends on your state. But <laughs> Bob. disclaimer. We are getting paid a lot for this yeah. ad read, but right. disclaimer. Right. Just a little heads up. 
Let's get into last week today, give you a quick roundup, as always, of what's going on around the world of soccer in the last week. Hit it, Tony. Tony's back for 2021, new lucrative deal as our music man. First starting the Premier League, Liverpool and Man United are tied atop the Premier League. Big win for Man City, 3-1 over Chelsea to move them closer to those two, with Leicester and Tottenham also racking up solid wins to keep it ever so close to the top. Arsenal with a 4-0 drubbing of West Brom to continue riding the ship, even though they still sit in 11th. And Liverpool actually play on Monday to round out this game week against Southampton, so one to look forward to there. In the Women's Super League, staying in England, Man United, Arsenal, and Chelsea are fighting it out up top. They had a break in action this weekend. Big matchup next weekend between Man United, starring Tobin Heath, obviously, and Everton. Also, a great battle on top of Ligue 1 in France with Lyon, Lille, and PSG neck and neck on 36, 36, and 35 points apiece. Breaking the action this weekend as well there. Couple of other leagues, Serie A in Italy, AC Milan and Inter are sitting in first and second after wins this weekend with a little bit of breathing room from the pack. Possibly time for Juventus's nine-year streak of title-winning seasons to end. We shall see. And lastly, in La Liga, Atletico Madrid continues to prove that this might be their year. First place and two points ahead of Real Madrid in second, also with two games in hand. So they are doing extremely well this year. A couple of quick headlines, non-score related. PSG sign Pochettino as their new manager, sacking Thomas Tuchel. It's an 18-month contract. He actually played for PSG between 2001 and 2003, so I've seen a lot of that played up in the media, a lot of that going on in the the soccer world these days, managers coaching their old clubs. There were a couple of EPL matches postponed due to COVID cases within the last week, so obviously a stark reality that this will continue into the new year as it relates to the soccer world. And lastly, news that Messi might come to the MLS has got big MLS fans excited. Will their dreams come true? That's all I got. Nice. Well, thanks, Eli. Can we can we just talk about very quickly how horribly frustrating it was that City let up that goal in the final minute of the game? Quick FPL pivot. I know. I'm sorry, listeners, but it ticked me off so, 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 so much because Stones is my differentiator on my goddamn FPL team. And for them to give up that goal in the last minute was infuriating, I have to say. Brutal. Just just irked me so much. All right, we're done. That's my rant. (laughs) It's the world of fantasy sports that legitimately gets you because the small things that happen in the real game can make or break your... They didn't even deserve a goal. Chelsea played horribly. Sorry, all Chelsea listeners, but it's true. They played horribly. Why didn't Giroud ever enter the game? What is Lampard doing? Whatever. That's their problem. City should have had a shutout. It's it's just Pep was ticked off. I don't know if you guys saw that at the end, but just everyone was upset. I was talking to him after the game. You know, we're both fuming. <laughs> and both because of fantasy, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Imagine if it came out that Pep just was a massive fantasy player. <laughs> he actually texted Lampard, yo, play Giroud, he's on my squad. <laughs> but he bets on his team. Like, is that an issue? Like, if you bet, but you bet on your own team, is that really, is that that bad? Walk me through why, why that's the, bad. The Catch Pete me Rose, up. the Pete Rose conspiracy in baseball. 
Because if you bet on your own team, is that wrong to say like my team? Well, I guess if you know about some unknown advantage or something, right? In the same way that you're do, doing trades. But I, I guess to, to have your hand in them, I'm walking myself through this already. If you're <laughs> part of a team, then it's like being a part of a corporation and you have insider knowledge and, and, and it could also affect obviously how you, you, you participate on that team. But if you're voting for if you're if you're pushing for your own team, is that is that absolutely wrong? Is that completely wrong? Walk me off this cliff. Just push me off. I want I want listeners to write in really <laughs> passionate pleas on both sides, and then we have people duke it out in the onlines. Like if Pep, I don't know if Pep. You just imagine if City were to lose the Champions League again, and Pep looks devastated, and you know it's because not only has he you know been searching for his you know first champions league since winning with barcelona since 2012 but because he had 10 grand riding on the game wouldn't that <laughs> wouldn't that just you'd, you'd you'd feel the emotion a little bit you'd see he'd care a little bit more which he's pretty passionate already that's why i think okay conspiracy theory and i'm just rambling so please stop me diego simeone bets on his team every game every game that's where he gets that energy from that's the only he's got way he could be that 50k energetic. riding on each game <laughs> every game Something that has been interesting I've seen on the ESPN channels, I think ESPN too specifically, is that they have they have like betting segments now. It's really bizarre. It just as betting is becoming a legal thing to to happen here in the States, uh, it's definitely becoming, I mean, clearly there's money in betting, so it makes sense that it's on these sports channels. But it, it's, it's a development that uh, is catching my eye. It's become huge, and we're definitely going to chat about it more in episodes later this month and bring on one of our dear friends who is pretty involved in the statistics and analytics and modeling world to shed some light on how stats are changing the game and, and maybe the the future of kind of where betting is going and some of these sports are going. So that should be pretty interesting as we talk about stats and the role of analytics in, in soccer this month and have a, an interview as well, potentially for now, let's thank our sponsor. How about that? Let's thank our sponsor, our, th- our sponsors in 2020 made it all possible, mm. and that continues in 2021. Maybe we should pay for an ad to thank our sponsors at some point. Wow. Because that's how much they mean to us. You can bet on that. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. We'll be back. Our team of scientists and researchers have discovered the best and only effective method to rid you of nightmares when sleeping. Ever been to an amusement park where, for some reason, they have real roller coasters, but also bizarre virtual reality type ones too? No? Well, let me explain. You walk into a movie theater type setting and get into a seat, only this isn't your ordinary theater seat. You're strapped in, and on the big screen is a roller coaster graphic, and the chair is tilting side to side and vibrating as if you were on a real roller coaster. Besides being a silly amusement park attraction, the same system makes a great sleeping device. For $9.99, you can buy our state-of-the-art bed frame that will move, shake, and vibrate, triggering all your senses. The device works when you wear a nightcap that tracks your brainwaves. Proprietary technology turns your dreams and nightmares into a reality through motion. You may wake up sweating and terrified, but like a hiccup, the best way to rid the nightmares is to scare them out of you. So It's kind of cool stuff there. (laughs) It's got potential. I mean, what was the name of that one again, guys? You guys uh, actually got the check and sent it over. It was either roller bed or bed coaster, and I'm not sure which. <laughs> roller bed or bed coaster. Yeah. Jones, did you remember exactly what the name of that one was? 
Yeah, I, I was I was trying to flip through the emails because they sent it. I remember they sent it in a little while ago. Um, I was it. Uh, do you guys remember if it was um, Tremor Bed or or the Shake Factory? Because I can't. Uh, <laughs> no, the Shake Factory was that trendy new dessert shop that uh, right that wants us to do an ad read soon. The Shakira's. That's right. You're right. Okay. It might have been Dead Coaster. Now that I think about it, but could could back well, back but. to the idea. Whoa. <laughs> Like, whoa, that's <laughs> maybe it's not extreme. Maybe I'm just call me old fashioned. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd enjoy that. Right. Okay. So have you ever been here? I'll walk you into this one, Eli. Uh, simple yes or no question. Have you ever had a nightmare? Sure. Have you ever woken up from the nightmare thinking, wow, I wish I didn't have that nightmare? Yeah. All right. Well, let me, what if, what if there were a bed? All right. <laughs> that would <laughs> exacerbate that nightmare <laughs> and make it 10 times worse. Wow. <laughs> Just what if? Does it make it? Te- I see you've tried this, right? Does it actually make it 10 times worse? Look, I've woken up at, at night screaming my head off. <laughs> so scared. I mean, 2, 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. Maddie has a separate bed. <laughs> she can't stand it. She uh, got her own version? She has, you know, her own bed, normal bed. She's in the guest room. I, I've taken over the main uh, uh, room. So she... She hates it. I actually, my, my night terrors have actually gotten worse, <laughs> but, but let me tell you, it's a bell curve situation. Once you get scared enough, then it will, it will come down. So I'm still, I'm still approaching the peak, but I'm hoping that it'll start coming down and my, my night terrors will stop. So I'm optimistic. So you're going to be, you're going to be sleeping in the shake shack where you put your, your, uh, <laughs> your shake factor. What was it? The shake, uh, shake the, factory. Uh, Shake factory. So you put the you put the shake factory in your shake shack, and you're going to be sleeping in there for a while right. until you can make it through a full night. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Um, that seems like the way to do it. That's probably it's probably doctor recommended. If right. they're going this big, it's probably recommended by all expert physicians, sleep scientists, for sure. I'm, look, I'm not a doctor, but I approve. Let it. me preface everything <laughs> I'm about to say with I'm not a doctor. <laughs> But this has my guaranteed backing. This listen, is good for you. listen, kids. All right, <clears throat> I hold a doctorate. All right, literally, it's, it's a piece of paper I've taken. And I'm holding it. Doesn't mean I'm a doctor, though. Okay, <laughs> just want to let you know this bed will ruin <laughs> ruin your life. It'll ruin your friendships. It'll ruin your relationships, just in general. But gosh darn, it's a ride. Gosh darn, gosh <laughs> what a thrill! <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Shake Factory or Bed, bed Coaster, coaster. <laughs> Roller Bed, one of the three. <laughs> roller Bed. So we had to start off the year right Just with our big sense. time sponsors. We don't go for any of those. We don't accept money from any normal companies. We mm-hmm. want people on the cutting edge. Exactly. Cutting edge ideas and cutting cutting edge stats like we're about to bring to the gosh darn table. Let's go. We're going to get into where we're at in the world of soccer through this lens of stats we're just going to get into each and have a little discussion and hope you will join us and soak up the stat, think about it, be a part of the discussion. We're going to start with Icy, each of us giving a stat or two from the world of soccer in this past year that describes how things how things have been going. All right. So I wanted to touch on Chelsea. Uh, I saw the stat actually just the other day and their their striker issue, as I'm, as I'm calling it. So you've got Giroud. Abraham and Timo Werner is kind of their go-to strikers. And Giroud actually has the best goal. He has the 
shortest number of minutes per goal at 119.7, whereas Werner, the big big transfer made over uh, before the year started, is 317.5 minutes per goal. So stark stark difference there. Uh, conversion rate for Giroud is 25%. Conversion rate for Timo Werner is 14%. Um, so basically I touch on the stats, minutes per goal, Giroud much better at scoring, doesn't get as much tick, doesn't get as much playing time as, as Werner doesn't usually doesn't start. Um, but, but, uh, just, just highlighting kind of the, the difficulty that Chelsea's facing with scoring for their forwards. You know, I'm, I, I want to jump in on that note, uh, uh, just because I feel like there's a lot of discourse right now about Werner, um, you know, sucking and that affecting his confidence and not playing well. I still firmly believe this guy is supremely capable of having a big impact in the Premier League. And he has had an unfortunate run in this in this first half of the the year so far. But um and and to keep a couple of things in mind with him, he was bought for roughly, I think, fifty ish mil, which yes, is objectively a lot of money, but um, you know, relative to other big name, quote unquote, big name strikers, that's not a, that's not that, that much. I think Marata and, and Torres are guys they've had at Chelsea who've been significantly bigger flops part and parcel because their costs relative to the time were a little higher than that. But, but Werner um, uh, clearly has not been performing well. Giroud has been, um, but, but I'm throwing my two cents in there. I, I still do not believe we should, anyone should give up on Werner um, and, and even perhaps, criticizing Lampard, but that's not neither, neither here. It's also that. props to Giroud, who wherever he is, he gets passed around. He's he's not a world-class striker in the way you talk about some of the top strikers in the world, but he gets it done everywhere he goes, Score, scores goals and sticks to his game. World Cup champion. And World Giroud. Cup champion. Yep. Put some respect on it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then so my other stats here are actually quick summaries for some of the top U.S. men and women who are playing abroad. Uh, I'll try to keep it really quick, but for the men, actually you've got five men, five women. Gio Reyna, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, Christian Pulisic, and Zach Steffen. Um, Zach, shouting out Zach, because he had a huge start for Manchester City today and got the win against Chelsea 3-1. Uh, so that was huge. But pretty much all the players, all the guys I've, I've just listed, are all playing abroad. Gio Reyna and Tyler Adams in Bundesliga. They've got... You know, Giorena, three goals, four assists, and 13 Bundesliga games, not including today's game. Um, and Tyler Adams, you know, eight starts in 11 Bundesliga games. Weston McKinney in Serie A with Juventus has a goal and two assists in 11 games. And Pulisic has a goal in nine games. Now, he, he has had a lot of injuries this season, but they're all going on to the Champions League round of 16, which I think is very important for their development. They're playing against world-class players from around the world and they are on a big stage um very you know a lot of high stakes in champions league of course so i think it's it's really good learning experience for all of them so that's huge shout out to them for the women alex morgan tobin heath rose lavelle Kristen press and sam mewis um are all playing abroad right now alex morgan Plays for Tottenham. She's got a couple, two goals. Tobin Heath, four goals, two assists for Manchester United. Rose Lavelle, still looking for the first goal, but she's had 220 minutes for Manchester City. Kristen Press has a goal in 206 minutes for Manchester United. And Sam Mewis has three goals for Manchester City. So shout out to all of them. 
they're crushing it uh, abroad and representing women's soccer from the U.S. In, a, in an amazing way. So very excited for all our young U.S. talent. Good, good stats there. Love to hear it listed in a row, shoved in your face that the U.S. soccer, both men and, and women who women obviously have been crushing it for a long time now, but also the men are just trying to catch up to all the success they've had playing abroad, playing on a big stage and representing our country. Definitely. Jones, what stats are on your mind? <laughs> you want some stats? I got some stats. St- order up. Got some stats on deck coming in. I don't know these better works. be fire stats. Yeah, I don't know. These better be freaking rock star stats. All right. Well, we'll start with uh, one stat right here, and this stat is 12. All right. Um, you're probably wondering what that means. 12 is my favorite number. That That is that. Okay, so let's go to the second one. Um, so kidding. Um, 12, 12, 12 is the number of expected points that Brighton have left on the table this year so far. So what does that mean? That means Brighton should have 12 more points than they currently have, which would bump them from their current position of 17th all the way up to 9th. If everyone in the league had their expected points, they'd be tied for 5th with Leicester and Man United. Now, uh, quick knowledge drop for people who aren't totally fixated in the expected points lingo. Um, expected points is derived from how uh, from your expected goals and expected assists per game. Um, quick refresher there. So, you know, if a person has a really great opportunity to score a goal and they miss it, they theoretically then would have a great XG or percent percent chance of scoring in that game and potential points. Um, and then it's also, um, sorry, expected goals against is GA. It doesn't matter. Point is, Brighton should be doing a lot better than they currently are. Um, another stat I'll throw your guys' way is 30.93. That's the average number of goals per game in uh, in Serie A this season, which is the highest among all clubs uh, or all leagues in Europe. They are followed by the Dutch Eredivisie and then the Prem Bundesliga League 1 and then La Liga. So I guess that kind of begs the question, is Serie A starting to become the most entertaining league? Or at least are they entering that debate? They've had high-scoring games for what feels like a while now. Just teams are, back in the day, it's interesting because way back in the day, you'd probably brand Italian soccer as very tough tackles and defensive units winning games and very you know stingy games like that in terms of goals. But now it's just free-flowing soccer the last couple of years. There's definitely a, a preponderance for attack in a in a in that league. Yeah, I second what Eli was saying. You know, you used to think about in 2006 when Italy won the World Cup, they were very defensive. Italy was kind of synonymous with defense, strong defense. So it is an interesting move away. It definitely makes fans and and people spectators more interested in in high scoring games for sure. Uh, you know it. I always bring it back to Leeds because they're such an interesting team in, in this day and age. You know, they seem to be a team where you just put just put more points on the board and you'll win the game. Defense is kind of secondary. So I don't know if, if Syria is playing with that mentality, but uh, I think I think we are seeing a shift away from super defense. Eh, I won't say that. Actually, I won't make that claim. But it, it's cool stat, Jones, that Syria is um, scoring a lot of goals for sure. The next stat I'll throw your way, and it's a question to you guys. Um, it's 8.22. 
and that's the highest average player rating per game over the 2021 season. So as a reminder, I thought that was your favorite number. Uh, well, so 12, 12 is my favorite. Oh, okay, second okay. favorite is 8.23. Oh, 8.22 is like, uh, I think it's my, my 12th favorite. Oh, well, it's too many 12s. Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, uh, reminder after a game, players are evaluated, um, on their performance, a 10 out of 10 being immaculate, best of the best zero being you just didn't play, I guess. Um, really that'd be NA though. Um, who do you guys think has that highest average player rating over the 2021 season? We're going EPL or full. This is full. World. This is full Europe. Full Europe. I see. You want to take the first stab? Okay. Uh, I got to go with Ronaldo. Cristiano. Okay. I'd probably go one of the Tottenham duo just because they're so consistently on their game. Son or Kane? Well, I'll tell you what. Kane is number four. It's a good shout. Ronaldo did not make the top five. It's Lewandowski is number uh, one. Wow. He's followed by Messi with 8.19, Graylish with 7.92, Kane with 7.9, and Mbappe with 7.87. Wow. Fun stats. Last out, I'll throw your guys' way. Guys, I got stat up to the wazoo is 59. All right, that's the total number of cards Hitafe has received this season. 56 yellow, 3 red. Wow. They're followed by Celta Vigo, Lazio, Marseille, and Spezia. 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 I definitely nailed that. You know, that is a great stat, Jones, because it really begs the question. It are the refs, is diving such a thing in Spain that the refs are like, you know, any dive, card, card, card. Because you hear a lot that the EPL is the most aggressive league, or at least I hear that of like the big leagues. But if, if no, none of those top teams that you just listed are in, in, the, in the EPL, or, or, or is La Liga, are we seeing a shift? Is La Liga the more aggressive league with all these cards or are the refs just quick, pulling the trigger really quick on these, on showing the cards? That's a great question. That is a great question. I don't know. I really, I really don't think La Liga is as aggressive as the EPL. I, but to be fair, I haven't watched uh, nearly as many La Liga games as EPL. From speaking with uh, Ithmael, our resident referee, MLS referee of the year, a while back, I'm sure he might speak. He might not say this, but some of the, his his dialogue was about cards come out when there's that secondary disrespect or the additional above and beyond outburst beyond the normal human reaction which is kind of accepted but once you think of have time to consider it and then go above and beyond that's when the cards start to come out aside from yes diving or tactical fouls potentially so maybe that's just the biggest part but it's interesting if you think about the types of players there or maybe the games are more contentious or there's so many factors but i wonder how it boils down to that that element of it where referees, if you're assuming they're treating the game fairly, not fairly, the same wherever they're refereeing, maybe it comes down to players' second reaction. If for some reason in La Liga it's more extreme, totally, Good point. totally. Any more stats or the the wazoo is cleaned out? The last the last that I'd throw, I guess, is sixty point nine percent, which is the average percent of possession per game held by Barcelona. Mm. this year they are followed by liverpool 
who have uh, 60.5, PSG is 60.5, Dortmund is 60.3, and Man City is 59.8. So those teams dominating the ball. Wow. You know, it used to be common that well-known fact that, all right, you're going to win if the other team doesn't have the ball. But, you know, Liverpool really should be doing, with that much possession, you got to be doing better. Eh, their defense is, I think it just is harking back on their makeshift defense at the moment. That is, it's too, uh, they're a bunch of cracks in that defense, let's say. Put it that way. It's a good. It's a good question, actually, for our analytics folks who will come on the pod this month about how often does possession translate to goals? Is that a part of models these days, or is that disregarded because it's when you get to the stats, maybe that doesn't actually translate, and that's why counterattacking teams can can do their thing. Yeah, for sure. I just had one stat I wanted to bring and talk, like we've been talking about uh, this this one team that's been talked about a lot my stat is 52 which is the goal differential for rangers Hmm. in the scottish premiership led by steven gerrard none other the record right now they're undefeated they have 20 wins two draws zero losses so they've played 22 games and in those 22 games they have 57 goals and five goals against which gives them that 52 goal differential it's pretty insane wow they've been winning games by 2.36 goals on average wow which is just sheer dominance. Their biggest win is 8-0. They're 19 points above second-place Celtic, who do have three games in hand, but 19 points above, almost halfway, uh, over halfway through the season. And I was digging into this because there's been a lot of talk of the team. I definitely haven't watched enough, but 20 more seconds on their story. They finished second or third the last four years, and Celtic have won the last four titles. In 2011 and 12, the company owning Rangers was liquidated. And so the club was placed in the fourth tier of Scottish football. They had to work their way back up and get promoted three out of the following four seasons back to the premier sheep, premier ship, premier sheep, the premier sheep in Scotland, uh, back to the premiership. That's great. And it's a league where there's, there is imbalance. So Celtic actually went undefeated for the full season in 2016, 17. So it has been done. It's not that crazy, but they gave up 25 goals that year. And Rangers are on pace to give up nine goals for a full season, which is just insane. It's bananas. Wow. What 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 throws me off with this team, and maybe it's my own uh, lack of interest in the team, really, to, to dig in there. But it's twofold. One is any headline I've seen about Rangers being as dominant as they have been has been focused on the fact that it's just Gerard's team. Yeah, and that's all I've seen. Um, because I imagine if a team is as dominant as it is. Is it really, you know, other teams around them are that, that bad? Or do they have, like, legitimate talent on that team? And I haven't heard anyone really talking about some notable players, especially if you're only giving up that many goals. There's got to be some hype around someone in the back line, a defensive mid, a, a goalie. I know they have Morellis up top, but, like, other than that, like, that that's you can't just give this all to Gerard. Their defenders aren't getting enough love, so I will shout out the keeper, Alan McGregor, who's been manning the net recently. Their defenders, Balogun, Goldson, Berisic, Hellander, and Tavernier. And their right back, James Tavernier, is leading the team in goals. Wow. How about that for you? He's got 11 goals on the season. He's a free kick specialist, Ah. and he's hit some bangers. I was just Ah. watching highlights this morning, reading some articles. Um, But that defensive line is doing their job. They also, in the transfer window, picked up uh, Kamar Roof, 
not not just recently, but uh, I believe a season ago. But he was with Leeds for a couple of seasons, uh-huh. and he is second on the team with ten goals. And the articles were also talking generally about how smart they've been on the transfer market with analytics and scouting, whereas Celtic just goes for the big names, the famous names, and it's paying dividends. Very interesting. Very interesting. So it's quite a transformation. They're also their defense. Their wingbacks play very offensively, kind of like Liverpool, actually, which I wonder if Gerard is pulling from that and watching a lot of their game, different leagues. But that's the other thing these articles were talking about is how offensive their wingbacks play. And that's just the style they've stuck with all year. And it's it's really working. Back to that that nuance, that conversation we had a little while ago about the, the rise of the wingback and how it's been um, revitalized and is now... Uh, it's now it's now a position that that players want to play when they're when they're joining teams and you know in high school and in middle school they identify as a wing back they're someone who plays defensively and then you know they love to get up and bomb up and be on the far wing and whip balls in and get in the box um, which sounds like a fun job to me too dang that's a really cool stat Eli I appreciate that I see could you say that in a Scottish accent real quick oh you're putting me on the spot mate. <laughs> uh, it's Scottish accent there, but Eli, that is a great, that is a great, great, great. <laughs> Let me tell you, shout out to the Scottish league, man. Let me, and those big lads are playing all day. I can hear them from my freaking window. I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot. I don't know. Bam, Twist my 10 arm. minutes later. Twist my arm. No, 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 now go back. Okay, okay, good, good, good. Now go back. What do you mean? I was like, I'm British or something. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they do against Antwerp in the Europa League round of 32. Uh, But let's can the stats for now because we are going to be talking some more analytics and interesting uh, views and lens on soccer more this month. But let's get into our final game to wrap you up. If you're still listening, we appreciate you. It's the infamous over under. Welcome back, gentlemen. You're gonna, you're gonna edit that and make that doper and post right okay cool over under so uh over under theme is based on our conversation we were having pre um pre pod recording um ppr and uh it's the topic is cookies um uh eli starting with you we got it's gonna be really quick guys um eli are soft warm fresh underrated (laughs) fresh out the go ahead screw me up fresh out the of out the trash can (laughs) fresh out the steaming dumpster fire okay soft warm fresh out the oven chocolate chip cookies underrated (laughs) i haven't i didn't eat a real lunch and that sounds so good they're very underrated uh okay might have to disagree and winter milano's Milano's, uh, they are, dude, they're underrated. Uh, yes, you're not going to get the, the nice chewy cookie uh, that, that I, I love dear, near and dear to my heart, but it's a great cookie. Its taste is, is wonderful, and it's just a unique, timeless treat. I appreciate that. Uh, last one for you, Eli. Cookies you might find on a Starbucks shelf. I'll go rated just because I don't know anyone that actually says they're good, but they're probably not. I don't know if I've ever had one. I've had the cake pops and those are actually decent from Starbucks, but especially once I've just been given warm, 
fresh out of the oven cookies, those by comparison probably taste like they're straight out of the dumpster. Wow. Not so hot take. And icy cookies you might find at an office party. Oh, overrated. Those are the most disappointing cookies. You're excited. Wow. uh, Snacks, treats are going to be here at this event. And they let you down every time. They're either, they're, they look soft. They're crunchy. It's not what you're going for. There are weird fruit bits or nuts in there that you're like, why is this in a cookie? Not, not good. I heard a lot of personal preference in that. And that's, that's okay. That's what this is about. (laughs) Gentlemen, thank you for your time. Should we go everyone's favorite cookie on three? Yep. All right. Ready? One, two, three. Oreo. Wow. Really? No one else joined the Oreo chain? No. That's a shame. I went Milano's though. Okay. Which is on the same page as I see because he said underrated, which I agree with. This show is underrated when you think about it. I don't know. I feel like it, people really hype it up. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's overrated at this point because we get so much press. We are, I, what, 79th top podcast in the nation? I think it's the world. Holy moly. Yeah. So pretty we still need you to listen if you're still listening yes. we need you <laughs> desperately like you'd be surprised how <laughs> people in general are listening to podcasts these days and that's will, the only reason we've we've made it so good we'll listen to you if we have to we'll do what we need <laughs> to do to secure your ears you know each person counts as two you know that each person counts as two because it's not just one person it's two ears all right that's why that's why we that's why we care. That's why we bring in more money than we should for sponsorships. Yeah. Because we give them the numbers of listeners. And we double it. But we don't say listeners, we say ears yep. as some kind of fun slang, oh, but it's fun. actual ears. That's great. That's an easy way to, to, <laughs> that's to an easy to, way to <laughs> double your numbers. Oh, you you had a hundred people listen. That's pretty good. Uh, no, ears. We had a hundred <laughs> ears. Doesn't even account for broken headphones, AirPods in one ear. Oh, that's a good point. That's the issue. Well, okay. Hear me out. If someone's playing it on their um, Alexa home, well, that's still the amount of people just times two. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like ear count though. I'm good with that. Ear count. As long as your ears, as long as one of your two ears are still glued, we appreciate that ear. If both are glued, then we appreciate both ears and we appreciate Elmer's glue our sponsor for next week's pod. Yes, Elmer's Glue, keeping uh, you and your sanity together um, this um, holiday season. Also wanted to jump jump in, chime in. Um, uh, I know we're prolonging the inevitable here, but um, it, we also aren't disrespecting people with one ear. All right, We understand that um, some people are fortunate to have multiple ears, and um, that's not us. We don't shame one-ear havers. That's it's not true. us. It's true. Well, either way, we will see you and your ears or ear or no ears. If you're somehow listening to that fact, it's your choice. We appreciate your body, your choice all the more. And we'll see you next week. See ya. See you next week. I think we've uh, we've probably dabbled in them. We 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 don't discriminate. There we go. In our Oreo consumption in this house, uh, we do we still have Oreo? Yeah, we do. We have regular. Max's Max's heart drops for a second.